Hey guys, I'm Matthew Pfeiffer. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Toxic to Triumph. This week I'm going to be talking about how to make it work with a narcissist. Every once in a while I get asked a question from people who are with a narcissist and want to learn how to deal with them in a better way, in a way that it doesn't affect them because they don't want to lose the relationship. So I'm going to be covering that today and I'm looking forward to having this conversation and I will talk to you soon. If you've listened to me on this podcast or any other platforms, you know that I am a big advocate for not only leaving the narcissist, but going no contact or low contact when you cannot go no contact. However, every once in a while, I will meet with someone or I will talk to a group of people who choose to stay or want to stay, and they will ask, what can I do to make this work? And even though I may disagree with this, I never judge. I meet people for where they are at. People may choose to stay for many different reasons. Some of them may be financial. Some of them may be for children. Some of them may be because of just personal reasons. They may not be able to stand on their own two feet for whatever reason. It could be because of job-related issues. It could be because of location. Some people may have special needs children and they need the assistance of another person. Once again, I may disagree. And for every reason that you may find to stay, I might find five different reasons to to leave. However, it's not my life to live, and I am in no place to judge anyone who chooses to stay with someone that they love. So with that being said, what does it mean to stay? And what would that look like for someone to stay in a toxic relationship, in a narcissistically abusive relationship? For starters, this means that all of your conversations with them need to be very surface level talking about the weather, talking about uh, maybe things that are going on in the news or talking about um, just things that you would talk about with the perfect stranger at Starbucks or um, on an elevator. You wouldn't be talking about dreams with them. You wouldn't be talking, you especially would not be talking about any upcoming interviews that you might have for promotions, uh, any major events that you have coming up. I can guarantee you that if those were a part of the conversation, those events and that interview would be sabotaged by the narcissist, uh, either by way of an argument, by way of moodiness, either the day before, the day of, or immediately after. You can expect that holidays and birthdays would be hijacked by the narcissist as well. When they see that all the attention is not all on them, they're going to see this as competition. Even the gifts that they do buy for holidays and for birthdays are going to be very, very over the top and grandiose. This is because it's going to be a part of love bombing. So it's not really about you or about your kids. It's really about them because they're going to use this to throw in your face later on um, in in an attempt to love bomb and an attempt to manipulate as well. So between having very surface level conversations and holidays and birthdays and major events being all about them, what does that leave you? Eventually that leaves you feeling very uncomfortable, very hollow, feeling very empty inside. 
which will lead to depression and anxiety. If you're not there already, this is going to be the reality of your relationship. Now, this is how you feel internally. Now, what does this look like when you start talking to your friends and your family and you let them know, yeah, I know this person is an asshole. I know I'm not being treated right, but I'm staying for the kids or I'm staying for financial reasons and I'm, st- I'm staying for the stability. Yeah, there's going to be a handful of people who get it and a handful of people who understand, but there's going to be a lot that don't. And for the ones that don't, they're going to make you feel judged. You're going to feel shame. You're going to feel a lot of isolation because those same people who are advocating for you to leave are also going to be the ones that do not want to be around your significant other for a few reasons. Number one, they don't like the mistreatment. Number two, they don't want to co-sign on the mistreatment that they see you going through. Long story short, your friends and your family are not likely going to want to sit and watch all of this occur. They have a choice and they're going to choose not to. However, There's a set of people that don't have a choice and will be affected and will be impacted, and that's your children. For some people, the children may be the reason why they stay. However, they don't typically look at the impact that this is going to have on them. We learn how to love from our parents. Now, with that being said, imagine what it would be like to learn how to love from a loveless relationship. Your children will grow up in a home that has a lack of a connection. This lack of connection will also impact the relationship choices that they make when they're adults. This will have an impact on their self-esteem. This will have an impact on their self-worth. Meanwhile, between the isolation of your friends and your family and the lack of connection that you have in your relationship and the low self-esteem of your children, this all is going to take a toll on you. It'll take a toll on you mentally. It'll take a toll on you physically. It'll take a toll on you spiritually as well. The way to combat this, and it'll never be 100%, but the way to kind of be able to get through it all is through therapy, through support groups, through healthy friendships, when and, and where you can find them. And even with therapy, with support groups, and with healthy friendships, none of this will take away the pain, but it will help. It will take some of the edge off. Now, with all this being said, I want to circle this all the way back around to who this relationship is all about anyway, the narcissist, right? And if you're familiar with the narcissistic cycle of abuse, there's idealization. And there is the devaluation phase where all of the abuse lives and all the abuse happens. But I want to bring you back into the mind of a narcissist briefly and go back into the discard phase, which I've talked about in another episode before. Now, keep in mind the way that you're going, the way that you survive is to keep the conversation at a minimum and only talk about surface surface level conversations. Not talk about upcoming events, which are all going to leave you feeling very hollow. Not having deep, intimate conversations with the narcissist. Allowing for them to have their way, so to speak. And never having a a say, never having an opinion. And allowing for this to affect your friends, your family, and your children. Well, guess what? Meanwhile, the narcissist gets bored. This is boring to them. Narcissists live and thrive off chaos and drama. There's no drama. 
and with when there's no drama and they get bored now we're starting to look at them possibly cheating now we're also starting to look at them possibly looking at discarding for better supply because there is no supply anymore the only way to survive with a narcissist is to not give them supply and when you don't they're going to look for it somewhere else so in the end you have to ask yourself is it worth it to stay should I stay or should I go? If this is going, if this is inevitable, if eventually they're going to discard me, whether it's 20 years down the line, two days from now, or in two years from now, should I stay? Because in the end, the, the same results are going to happen. If, I, if I'm sacrificing myself, sacrificing my children, my friends, and my family, and it's still going to lead to the same result, why stay? Once again, there are a plethora of reasons why people choose to stay. However, in the end, when someone is discarded, they ask those same questions again. I did all of those things. I sacrificed. I slaved. I I did everything to to save my children, to save my marriage, to save my family. I sacrificed my my friends. I, I sacrificed my health and my benefits and my spiritual life. And I, I sacrificed who I am as a person to save this relationship, to put this relationship first. And in the end, I ended up losing it anyway. So you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth you staying? To Is it worth you sacrificing your life and your happiness for a relationship that will not get, ever give it back? So in closing, I'm Matthew Pfeiffer. If you would like to work with me one-on-one, you can go to Matt Pfeiffer Coaching. And you can go to the Products tab. And I have several different options available to you from one-on-one coaching to phone coaching to email coaching. I also have a free support group on Facebook called Wounded Healers that you can find out all information about that as well. And I will talk to you soon. To the sky, spread your wings wide, show the world you can fly, baby. Show the world you can fly, fly. Show the world you can fly, baby. Dream big, keep your head to the sky. Spread your wings wide, show the world you can fly, baby. Show the world you can fly, yeah. Show the world you can fly. Dream big, keep your head to the sky. Spread your wings wide, show the world you can fly.